You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trophy Horse, episode 484. I'm your host this weekend, Alex, and Yield, where, where is he? Unless he's just incredibly quiet this week, we, we don't have a Levi again. I, I think we lost him. Should uh, should we send out a search party? Because I'm kind of concerned. We, we, you know, like, hey, Levi, are you, you recording with us? And, and nothing. Tricky can't even, well, maybe Tricky tried calling, but maybe he's just ignoring Tricky. Well, a, a lot of us do that. So, maybe send the Tricky out to find him wouldn't be a good idea. Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, sir, how has your week been this week? Uh, well, you know, work was kind of a downer, but that's okay. I got one week till shutdown, so we'll recharge then. You? Um, well, with my job, I, like, I don't know, like, I, I'm in the perfect mindset for my job. Because, as you guys know, I work for Whole Foods, and quite frankly, like, most of my days are the same. And, you know, I'm, I become very good at compartmentalizing work, where I'm like, I go in, I clock in, I work my eight hours or eight and a half hours, and then I clock out and I leave all that shit at work. So, I'm kind of in, like, just the, I'm not in the not-give-a-shit mindset of office space, of Ron Livingston in my office space, but I'm in the mindset of, like, I have this much time to do stuff at work, I'll give it my all while I'm there, and then when I leave... I leave work. I, I don't let work get to me as much as I used to. Because I know there was one time that I was working in produce and I was, you know, just overworking myself trying to keep the floor looking nice. And, you know, people at Whole Foods like to shop for produce. So I would just let shit like that get to me where, you know, the department would look less than stellar. And I would try to overwork myself, work myself into a frenzy, to, you know, to no benefit of myself. So I've over the years learned to, you know, take everything, let like more things at work roll off my back, sir. And it looks like, you know, if it's possible, maybe that's something that, that you need to be like, well, I'll just let this stuff roll off my back a little bit more. There, I, I have my days. And then I have my days where it really just annoys me. So, baby steps. Baby steps. Well, how long have you been working there? Uh, it'll be ten years. Nine, it'll be nine years in September. Okay, so I've got you by about a year and a half, maybe, at Whole Foods, because I've been working there since March 1st, 2011, so I just came up my 10-year anniversary this past March. I don't know, I guess I just always assumed you worked at the same place. No, 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 no. But before that, I was at one place for 11 years. I was going to say, you must have started working at, at your current job right around the time that we started podcasting with each other. Uh, I or maybe a little so, before that. A little, little before that. So maybe that's why I think that is because the entirety of our time podcasting, you've been working there. Yes. All right. Well, sir, as always, before we jump in into any news or what we've been playing, let's go over the updated trophy count brought to you this week by I yield to no one yield. Thank you for updating the trophy count. And actually, yes, all the stories on here were put together by yield. So this is Yield's agenda for the week. Hopefully it's a good one. Fingers crossed. Well, we're jumping into the summer where. 
sales at, at at least for my work are pretty down. People are going on vacation, probably more so this year than last year, especially since people are looking to get out of the house. So uh, summer are generally a downtime, uh, especially since people are kind of blasting through Ratchet and Clank. Who knows what they're going to get into next? But currently, Tricky Mick is sitting at level 608, total trophy count of 14,117, and a platinum count of 256. I am level 443, total trophy count of 7,308, with a platinum count of 112 and 111 games. Joel may have noticed there's not a whole hell of a lot going on for me in the world of PlayStation. Yield, sir, I'm sure it's more bountiful for you at that, uh, that feast of trophies. 448, trophy count of 7456, and a platinum count of 124. Sid is level 517, total trophy count of 10,412, with a platinum count of 179, and even though Levi couldn't join us this week, let's go ahead and add him in there. Level 183, total trophy count of 705, and still sitting at the base level platinums, zero platinums. But again, Levi has promised us that by the end of the year, he's got six more months, he's going to get a platinum. So clock's, you know, clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. He's still got plenty of time, sir. But as you mentioned, you it sounds like you're getting ready to have plenty of time on your hands because you're going into shutdown soon. What have you been playing in the lead up to your work shutdown? Uh, some Helldivers. Do so, you have an update on your kill count for us? Uh, um, right under 40,000. I'm, like oh, okay, I'm, so I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like 39 and change, where I think last week I was like 38 and change. How, how, how much... Are you playing this game? Because it seems like you're playing it a lot. It, it probably it's, be halfway there. It it's kind of died down some because now we're now the only thing left is uh, at least in this campaign is the cyborgs. So um, I'll keep jumping in and playing some to help it to help advance towards that because I need that trophy for completing a planet in every in a galactic campaign. So, Did you all win a Galactic campaign? No, we lost our first one. Okay, so you're still working on the second one. So we're on our second, my, my second war, or camp, Galactic campaign. So um, after that, if I get that trophy, then the only ones I need is level 25, which I just hit 24, and 100,000 kills. So, but the my brother and the other couple guys we've been playing with are still... Well underneath me, trophy-wise. I think my brother just said he's down to four trophies left. So, we'll still be trying to get together to help everybody get, you know, all their gear that they want and all the trophies that they want. So, but I did kind of wind down a little this week and kind of just... I, I, I find it... Probably because it's easier to kill the bugs, but I find it more fun when I'm running through the bug planets than I do the other ones. Or is it just that you're a really big fan of Starship Troopers? And that could be it, too. Yield, did you um, buy anything from the recent PSN sales? I know that you were complaining about how there's too many games that you want to buy right now. Well, I'll probably pick up Far Cry 5 and Far Cry New Dawn. I haven't pulled the trigger quite yet. I got until the 24th, but that's probably what I'll pick up because... The uh, gold edition of Far Cry, instead of being like ninety bucks, is like seventeen bucks. So that's a so wait, really good deal. Are you prepping to play Far Cry Six in the fall? Well, I still have to play Far Cry Four first, but it's hard to pass up a really good deal like that. 
So wait, you but do you own Far Cry Four, or are you just buying Far Cry Five and uh, because and New Dawn because they're available right now and for cheap? No, I have Far Cry Four. I just haven't put it in my rotation to play yet, and I'm picking up Five and New Dawn because they're really cheap. You know, I bet the Far Cry games are a perfect game to play while you're out of work for a bit. They they would be. I mean, do you have anything else that you would rather play than those right now? Well, I'll probably, I'm going to try to work shutdown, or my game that I'm going to play on shutdown is uh, continue to chop away at the games I have going on right now, like Spyro 3 and uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. But then I need to also go back and send you Sacrifice and the final season of The Walking Dead and Enemy Front and platinum those games. So I might try to work on, as I'm continuing to march forward in my other games, spend a little bit of time trying to knock out the last couple of trophies in those games to platinum those and be like, checkmark, done. You know, I'm glad that you that you clarified that you were gonna you had a, a list of games you wanted to work on because I thought you said you were gonna work during shutdown. I'm like, yield. I don't think you understand what shutdown is. No, You've no, been no, through no. enough of these to to know that you're gonna be at home and not at the plant. Yes, yes. There is apparently work available for shutdown if you'd like to work. I am not one of those. I like to take my time off. Peace. I'll see you in a week. Well, I'm sure that in a week of no work, you could uh, do some damage in the platinum area. I, Certainly in the trophy area. That that's 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 the agenda. How about we do this? Since you have an agenda, how about you call your shot here? Not for any competition, but just you know, see if you can hit a goal. Okay. How many platinums do you think you'll get during your your shutdown? All right. So if I buckle down, one, two. I could definitely get. I'm close on two. Maybe three, depends on how many times I die in Enemy Front. Because my Enemy Front one, I have to play through on the hardest difficulty. That's all I got to do. And then I, I knock out the Platinum for it. But it's not one of those games where you can just, you know, run and gun. So. So we going with two, three? I'm, I'm going to go with two with the possibility of three. Two for sure. Because I know I can get Send You Sacrifice... And uh, the final season of The Walking Dead. You know, well, no, you know what? No, we will go three because I can get Spyro as well. So we'll go three, possibility of four. That's an impressive week, sir. I, I don't think I don't think I'm going a platinum. I, I started out pretty hot this year, and I think I got a couple platinums per month earlier in the year. But obviously, that's died off since Spirit of the North. So, but three three in a week is impressive. That, 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 but, but also, but also, those games are almost done. I'm basically in cleanup phases. I just haven't gone back and cleaned them up. So, I mean. To be fair, though, sometimes cleanup phases can last much longer than you would like. That is true. You know, but, like, Spyro 3, I think I'm probably 60, 70% of the way through. And then, Send You Sacrifice, I just have to play through to find all the. I forget what they're called, but you know the... You remember the, the glyphs? Yeah, the glyphs. I have to go back and find all the glyphs. I missed, I think, less than ten. But you know you know, there's no chapter select, so I have to go back and play through it all. And then... Yeah, uh, if you're, you're going to put trophy, collectible trophies in the game, allow us to chapter select. Come on. And then uh, the final season of The Walking Dead, um, I have to play through it one more time because there's 
there's different uh, paths, choice paths that you can take, and you can't just necessarily jump in here and start, and then and then I have to chapter select one more time after that, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be like that overly bad, maybe another 10 hours, 12 hours, maybe. Were the, were the Walking Dead games, Telltale's Walking Dead games, were those were those worth playing past the first season one? I you know, after, you know, the end of season one and the heartbreak there, like, I don't know, my interest in those just completely died. Or I guess it was that I assumed that nothing could ever reach the height of season one and how good that was, kind of like how I can't play any of the Batman Arkham games after Batman Arkham City. So, um... I enjoyed the second one and wasn't as good as the first one. I liked Michonne for what it was. It was a nice, to my, in my opinion, a nice breath of fresh air. Even though, it, you know, there was no platinum or anything, and it was a relatively short Walking Dead yeah, game. Now, when you say speed. when you say a breath of fresh air, do you mean not involving Clementine? Yes, and it was also the 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 game felt different in the way it was written. And I, I don't want to spoil anything. That that's just how I felt. That's why I thought it was a, a breath of fresh air. It was more aggressive, I will say. And I think it was because of the character that you were playing and how they wrote it. And then, oh, see, um, I'm I'm a little different in that I, I I understand the appeal of changing up the characters, but like I I kind of liken this to the the Walking Dead series where you know I was really into the Walking Dead and that like a lot of people, and then they came out with Fear the Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead never reached the height of popularity as The Walking Dead. And it's just like, look, if you're going to... like Having Lenny James crossover was nice. It's like, okay, cool. But I as true, like I associate so many of those characters from The Walking Dead into that universe where if you don't have those characters, I just don't give a shit. Yeah. So for me, it's like, if you come out with a game that's not featuring Clementine or not focused on her, like, why should I care? Because I, I tie so much of the game universe to Clementine's story and her growth. And then, so then the third one, I liked as well because of the point of view that they told the story. And, and, and I thought that was, that was unique and how they did it. And then four, the final season, is a real close, well, it's, it's, ah, yeah, I'll say it. it's a real close first, so a close second that's the correct way to say it, to the first season. Nothing beats the first season, but that final season, it, it gets close to it. Well, you've certainly been a busy boy on the PlayStation Network, sir. And of course, not... not Well, actually, I was going to say, uh, not mentioning Rocket League, but you weren't there for this past weekend's Rocket League Thursday. No, no, my niece was over and didn't, uh, didn't get picked up until after you guys were, were gone, so... I didn't feel it right to be like, well, hi, glad to see you. I'm going to go play Rocket League. Yeah, I mean, I know I get it. Family time is important. Like, of course, we are recording on Father's Day Sunday. Uh, before we go any further, Yield, did you did your family have a nice Father's Day? Yes, we did. Uh, went over, hung out with Dad, had some burgers and hot dogs. So kind of celebrated his birthday and Father's Day. They're relatively close together. How about you? I know you were doing things last night. Well, yesterday on, on Saturday, we woke up early and we went 
for uh, we met my we went to my dad's house, picked my dad and stepmom up, and it was nice because we didn't really get to do anything with my stepmom on Mother's Day, so this was kind of a joint celebration for both of them. But we went out on the Belle of Louisville, which is a, a steamboat uh, here in Louisville, and we you know we just took a nice ride up the Ohio for a couple hours, and after that uh, it was a nice. It, it actually looked like it was going to storm, like there were just dark clouds all over the place, but. After it started out really hot, like, you know, getting going and, and having the wind blowing, and it was a, the temperatures were a little cooler. It was a very nice day. It didn't, it didn't rain all that much at all. So perfect, really the kind of the perfect weather for, for being out there on a riverboat, or on a steamboat, I should say. Uh, went to lunch after that at a place called Muscle and Burger Bar. Had some really good burgers. Went to check out some art installations at a, a local hotel, the 21C, which uh, they do a rotating feature of art of national and local artists all the time. So think that stuff rotates at least once a month or something like that so we went to check out some cool art installations as well so we spent saturday uh, father's day weekend with my dad generally you know um i guess that really we didn't want to hit all of the the foot traffic that was going to be out at restaurants and stuff on on father's day actual so it was just uh it just worked out best to go on a steamboat ride and go out to lunch on saturdays so yeah we had a really nice time it's actually the first time i've been on the bell of louisville since my senior year of high school, because we had a, a big old get-together with all the seniors my last year of high school, right before graduation on the Bell of Louisville. So it was really nice. That sounds like fun. My wife and I are considering going down to Cincinnati and doing that. Riding, the riding Delta Queen? The, riding, if that's what it is, yeah, riding one of the steamboats. Yeah, because I think that they've always had the... Typically, they've had steamboat races around derby time between the... It used to be between the Delta Queen and the Bell of Louisville, so... And they would always rig it where one would win one year and the other would win another. The other one would win so the it, following year. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't actual like real race. It was kind of like you know WWE style where it's all kind of it's like okay, with, you know beforehand we know who's going to win. But still exciting. But yeah, I mean if you can ride a steamboat, just enjoy some nice weather outside. It's it's great. It's a lot of fun. That's what we're thinking about, Dan. We might do it sometime uh, fall time. And there's a lot of other stuff to do in Cincinnati as well. You could hit the zoo up. They got a really nice zoo in Cincinnati. Yes, they do. Yeah. Catch a football game. Oh, the Bengals, that's right. Yes. Yeah, or even, you know, in fall, or, they've got, I don't know, depending on when in fall you go, they might be October in the playoffs, but the Reds. Yeah, I've been, I, actually, I don't think the Reds are going to make it this year. There's a possibility, but. I've actually been to the Oktoberfest in Cincinnati. Uh, actually got food poisoning there. Well, not officially <laughs> diagnosed food poisoning, but man, some of those, I had to get something nasty from, from those hot dogs that they from those those street vendors because after eating some of those uh those sausages man i went back to the hotel and i puked god it wasn't nice it wasn't good i mean overall it was, it was a nice atmosphere it was really cool it was fun until the point where i went back to the hotel and got sick. not fun no but it is i mean it's a good time so you know you whenever you're going to a place with a lot of street vendors you always kind of are playing a little bit of russian roulette with the food yes Maybe just stick to cotton candy then. <laughs> whipped, whipped sugar isn't going to do much to you. Just give you a sugar high. Yep. So, all right. Well, uh, as far as what I have been playing, got off in a little Father's Day tangent there. But, you know, I'm sure that anybody who's listened to the show for the past month and a half can probably guess. Yes, new Pokemon Snap. Although not a ton of new Pokemon Snap. Just haven't been. Uh, I was editing last week's show, so that took a bunch of my time earlier in the week. I really, I bought Doom from 2016, as I mentioned on a previous show. I would really like to get into that, because obviously, PlayStation 5 just isn't going to happen for me right now, unless I get extremely lucky in the wild, but, you know, barring that, uh, it looks like the next game that I'm going to jump into is Doom, so I've 
I don't know. I was just in the mood for, you know, a first person shooter, like an adrenaline packed first person shooter. And yeah, I get the Doom, feeling Doom being $7 seemed like it was going to fit that bill. Plus, like I said before, I've never actually played a Doom game. And I know that the most recent Doom games have, you know, gotten garnered really, really good reviews. So why not make that my my first experience with Doom? Makes sense. I haven't played a Doom since Doom N64, Doom 64. Oh, so see, that, I wasn't I wasn't Doom back then. I was Quake. I was playing Quake on Nintendo sixty four. Now, see, I did I did Doom and Duke Nukem. Well, we know from when you know all the news about when when all the hoopla was surrounding Duke Nukem Forever that you were a big Duke Nukem fan. You got Duke Nukem Forever, didn't you? Uh, yes. I well, my buddy got it. I, I got the platinum because I borrowed his copy and played it. And then I did pick up on one of the sales uh, earlier this month. Maybe the end of last month, I did pick up the uh, Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour, whatever it's called. Sounds like like a... It's like a a really long, drawn-out name. Yeah, a comically long last name. That's likely just to highlight the outlandishness of the the series. Yeah. But I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm ready for some more Duke Nukem. I'll get in. Plus, it was like three I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Only three fifty yield. I mean, dude, you've got some money left over. You know what? You can buy another game, and I have just the game that you can buy. Oh yeah, lay it on me. Well, as long as you're willing to accept a little risk. So, this news report coming from IGN.com, written by Matt T M Kim. Headline is. Cyberpunk 2077 returns to the PlayStation Store, but Sony says base PS4 version still has issues. You know, you fix those base issues and I'm sold, because I was wanting to play this game. Matt writes, Sony has offered a statement on Cyberpunk 2077 return, warning players on the base PlayStation 4 that they will continue to experience performance issues. Instead, Sony recommends Cyberpunk 2077 should be played on either the PlayStation 5 or the PlayStation 4 Pro until additional fixes are made. Here is Sony's full statement on Cyberpunk 2077's return. Quote, SIE can confirm that Cyberpunk 2077 will be relisted on the PlayStation Store starting June 21st, 2021. Users will continue to experience performance issues with the PS4 edition while the CD Projekt Red continues to improve stability across all platforms. SIE recommends playing the title on the PS4 Pro or the PS5 for or PS5 for the best experience. Uh, that was an update to a earlier story that Matt had written. Uh, quote, it's been over six months since Cyberpunk 2077 was delisted and removed from the PlayStation Store, but CD Projekt Red has announced that its sci-fi RPG will return to PlayStation's digital storefront on June 21st, 2021. You know, it's a little odd that Sony still recognizes that the PlayStation 4 version is going to have issues, but yet they're still letting it back on the store. I guess it runs better, but even if they're saying, you know, we recommend you you don't play it on the baseball of the PS4, I mean, if they're recommending people don't do that, then very clearly, there's still just significant issues that make the game unplayable. Yeah. I mean, I saw that there was, an, what, there was a, a patch out the other day, and that they were still working to make it better. So I need to talk to my buddy because all these. It, my buddy said he never really ran across anything because he's got it for the base PlayStation Four. He says he's never ran, ran across anything that was really game breaking for him. Yeah, and well, 
it's kind of, I mean, the, the idea uh, that it's been gone for six months just gives you the, the timeline for how, you know, long, not only Cyberpunk has been out, but how long you haven't been able to buy it on a PlayStation. It's amazing that, you know, even six months later, they're still working on fixes for this game. And Sony still recommends not playing it on a base model PS4, which I assume means that you shouldn't buy it on a, you know, an Xbox, or you shouldn't buy it for the Xbox One either. But that, that would be a safe assumption. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, yes, they sold a lot of copies up front, and yes, they seem to have make, made quite a bit of money on it, but was it really worth it for CD Projekt Red to, to do that when, you know, instead of moving, you know, even more people over to another project, they still, you know, have got so, like, so much work being done on fixes for this game, you know, it's six months afterwards, and they're still working to fix these base, uh, you know, these older versions of these games. And I actually looked up on their, uh, on cyberpunk.net, actually looked up under the news section how many hot fixes and uh, updates, patches they've done over the course of the life of this game. And uh, so on December 19th of last year, they released a hot fix, hot fix 1.05. Then on the 23rd, they released hot fix 1.06. On the first, or on January 22nd of 2021, they released, they released patch 1.1. On the 28th of January, they released Hotfix 1.11. And then on February 5th, they've released Hotfix 1.12. They had a de- Then on the 24th, they had a patch 1.2 development update. Uh, on the thir- on March 29th, they had patch 1.2 with a list of changes. Hotfix 1.21 came on the uh, April 14th. Hotfix 1.22 followed on April 28th. And then patch 1.23 came out on June 17th, 2021. And if you go into any of these hot hot fixes and patches, just the notes, some of these, you know, you're scrolling as fast as you can down the page. And I'm I'm doing it on my phone. You're scrolling for a good six to ten seconds. Wow. And I was was going to count the bullet points underneath the most recent patch, but I was like, fuck this, this list is too long. And still, still Sony recommends that you don't buy it for the PlayStation 4 base model. I mean, granted, there are going to be some people that, like your buddy, that maybe have never had any issues, but I don't know. I, obviously, they've CD Projekt Red has worked very diligently and hard to, you know, try to make the game better for the older generations of consoles. So, you know, and they're continuing to work on it. So I guess, you know, good on them for continuing that. But it just it just goes to show you that they made such a shitty decision to release that game for the older generations before they were ready. And... It's, it's just amazing how much they bungled that entire situation and it continues, you know, outside of having to put devote more labor and, you know, development time to fixing the bugs in the PS4 and Xbox One versions, you know, they, they really aren't hurting really from this entire situation. Just having to, you know, say Mia culpa and, you know, we'll do better. We will do better at, you know, showing footage that is more representative of the game in its entirety and for all platforms in the future. So, uh, yeah, I'm still not buying anything that CD Projekt Red is selling. No, thank you. But uh, at least they're still continuing to work on the game, and it, you can still you can now again buy it on a PlayStation platform. So that is that is a good thing, I guess. If anything, it's, buy it on buy it on the five. Yeah, it, it's. It's a step in the right direction, but they still have a long way to go. Yeah, and if you're if you're a fan of GTA Five, well, there's still a long life left in that game. There's still a long way to go 
when it comes to playing GTA 5, although not necessarily on the the older consoles in regards to online support, GTA online support. So this article comes via Matt Perslow at IGN. The headline reads, Rockstar ending GTA online support for Xbox 360 and PS3. The article reads, Rockstar has announced that it's concluding support for GTA Online on Xbox 360 and PS3 this December. On a new Rockstar support on a new Rockstar support page, the developer announces that online service support will be ended for Grand Theft Auto V, Max Payne 3, and LA Noir this year for their PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 versions. Again, I am always amazed that some of these games, like for instance, LA Noir and Max Payne 3, have received online support for this long. It's amazing, isn't it? It you, always you, these. You, you, you'd have figured they'd have been shut down years ago. Yeah, and I, especially for for those games, because those were always more like, at least as I saw them, more single player focused games. So the fact that you know online support has continued for those games is pretty incredible. The article continues: GTA Online support will be pulled in two phases on September 16, twenty twenty one, PS three and Xbox. 360 versions of Shark Cards will stop being sold. On December 16th, the servers for GTA Online will be shut down. This will also bring an end to stat tracking via Rockstar Games Social Club. Now, so, with any online game, we all know that at some point, it's going to, they're going to shut down the servers. It, you know, no online community lasts forever. Even a game like GTA 5, which is now jumping on to another console generation. You will be able to play GTA Online and GTA 5 on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S. So that community will continue to thrive. But even if we expect that, you know, support for these games on older consoles will not continue forever, there is still some dis- very disappointing news to hear. And if you've played, depending upon, how, depending upon how long you've played GTA Online on the PS3 or Xbox 360, this might be very infuriating news. In the article, Matt men- says, there's no feature to allow players to transfer their GTA Online characters from PS3 or Xbox 360 to a newer console or PC, and so when the servers shut, da- shut down, it is the end of everything for that generation of GTA Online. Additionally, there are no refunds available for shark cards, so if you recently bought one, unfortunately your balance cannot be rescued or transferred to a newer version of the game. So... Basically, like, imagine if you've spent all this money in these games in a character and that, you know, that online ecosystem is continuing on another generation of consoles, but yet your character and any money you've invested is stuck in an old generation, which when the servers are shut down, that's all wiped. Like, I get that you've spent money and you've been allowed to play GTA online. You've had, you know, a lot of fun, maybe you've gotten maybe a lot of value out of that stuff. But if it's a continuing online community, wouldn't you be a little pissed if your character that you've worked so hard on and put so much time into couldn't go forward and you kind of have to start again? Oh, yeah, that would be very uh, frustrating. I mean, you know, kind of it's like, say you were playing Rocket League on PS3 and, you know, by the time, or PS4, and by the time it goes to PS5, it's like, well, your account's kind of wiped and you got to start clean, you know, with all of your, your car creations and, you know, any of the items you have previously gotten. It's it's kind of like what? Why 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 play again? Oh, if if, if something like that happened and, and like I had put so much time so so much time into an online community, and it's like okay, well none of this is carrying over. You know who knows? Maybe the technology is not there. Maybe it's too expensive. 
for Rockstar and Take Two to to worry about it. I you know given the money that they made off of GTA, I, I say they could probably swing it, but you know maybe maybe it's just not in the cards for them to do it. I can understand that, but from the consumer side, I've sunk so much time into this into this online universe and the fact that you have now carried this game over three generations. The fact that I can't carry things over to the newest generation, I don't know, it's just kind of infuriating. And that's kind of been the theme of going from the PS4 and the Xbox One to these newer generations is that some stuff is carrying over and upgraded while other things are not. It's kind of been a land, like a, a field of landmines in that regard. Yeah, I mean, you know, they you know pick and choose you know, what they're going to carry over and what they don't. I mean, I, I guess... What do I want to say? Enjoy the games that you enjoy, but also realize that eventually there's the older generations of consoles, there's going to be an end date someday. Yeah, I mean, you think about, like, a single-player game and you, you create a character for that or you, you play a game with a predetermined character and, you, you know, you get through it and you're maybe like, well... That was fun. I'll play the single-player game once, and I'll never play it again. But if you always want to jump back into that universe, you still got that character. Um, if it's any solace, Rockstar does note that this doesn't affect, obviously, the single-player campaign portion of games like GTA uh, GTA 5, Max Payne 3, or L.A. Noir. So, I mean, duh, no duh. But maybe that's solace for some people. I'm not sure Yield... Is the character that you have in GTA Five the same as in the base in the single player story? The same as the online? No, the online you create your own person. Okay. And then you know that they had all these heists and everything else that they've done over time, where you could buy, you know, apartments and stuff in a yachts and whatever that you could have for your gang or whatever, and then, yeah, if they're turning that off, then you lose all, you know, you're going to, essence, they're going to lose all of that. Which is a bummer, but at the same time, it is the PlayStation 3, and we now are on to the 5. So, well, I also think it gives more people and kind of, like, more hesitation when it comes to the digital content that they purchase, because you know if you're spending you know a bunch of money in in on shark cards and in this online world, when it comes to digital content, are you going to try to stray away from that, or are you, and, and stay more towards like, well, I'm going to own this disc, and they can never shut down, you know, my ability to use this disc, instead of you know like, oh, I can play in this online world, and I, I don't know. It, it probably it, it honestly probably depends on the type of gamer that you are. I mean, I, I've invested some money into Rocket League, knowing full well that eventually I'll either just I'm going to use this in quotations, get bored of it, or they're going to not support the console that I play it on, and I don't fully expect everything to to carry over. Now, when it does, awesome, makes me kind of want to play it more because you acknowledge that I've sunk a lot of you know, extra money into this and you want to make my money more tangible. I don't know if that's the word I want to use or not, but I, I fully am aware that there will come a time that, you know, I won't, you know, I, I can still play probably locally, 
but I just won't be able to play online anymore. As GTA has evolved and grown into newer generations, the online component, being able to play in a world of mayhem with other people, has become increasingly important. And, you know, online play in general, increasingly important these days. Crossplay, of course, is a component of that, a, an increasingly important component that even Sony is jumping behind more these days. Uh, now, Yield, you found an article on this, an IGN article by Adam Bankers, headlining, Sony wants to support crossplay more, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan says. Now, this is based on an interview that Jim Ryan had with Axios. And I'm going to jump to the Axios article here. It was written by Stephen Totillo. So the big takeaways from this article, it's headlined on Axios, Sony wants more PlayStation crossplay. Uh, Stephen writes, Sony wants cross-platform multiplayer or crossplay in more games, PlayStation Chief Jim Ryan told Axios in a recent interview. Why it matters. Times have changed. Market-leading PlayStation notoriously dragged its feet in allowing multiplayer games to connect PlayStation fans with players on other devices. We support and encourage crossplay, Ryan told us, noting crossplay with PlayStation works on numerous big games such as Fortnite, Rocket League, Call of Duty, Minecraft, and soon Destiny 2. That number will continue to grow, he said. Flashback. PlayStation was the last to support crossplay with other consoles back in 2018, relenting one year later. So, and Steven goes between the lines here. Quote, Not all is rosy with PlayStation crossplay. Last month, Gearbox president Randy Pitchford tweeted that his studio's popular Borderlands 3 would gain crossplay support on all platforms but PlayStation. For certification, we have been required by publisher to remove crossplay support for PlayStation consoles. Pitchford group. A rep for Borderlands publisher Take Two did not specify to Axios what the issue was, but uh, he but said our teams are exploring crossplay functionality that will enable fans to play with their friends across multiple platform platforms. End quote. Regarding Borderlands, Ryan told Axios he did not want to talk about a live business issue with a long-standing partner, but noted our policies are consistent across all publishers. And end quote. And that would seem to suggest that the issue is on Gearbox's end or Take Two's end and not Sony's, but. Uh, so, Yield, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, Jim Ryan's out there promising big things. Earlier this year, we talked about how he had said that the PlayStation 5 is going to more have more original IP than any you know other play, previous PlayStation console. Uh, wh- what do you think about his most recent comments that they want to now encourage crossplay? You know, not three year, you know about three years after originally not wanting to have Fortnite crossplay on their console with other consoles. Well. They're sure making it sound good for being late to the party. Um, Which, I mean, better late than never. Because, yeah. you know, one of the things I talked about last week when your brother had a question for us saying, what is one of the tr- three trends that you don't like about the industry? What are three trends you do like? One of the things I, I didn't like was that Sony, you know, I want Sony to open up more and be willing to work with other, you know, platform holders a little bit more. So, I mean, the fact that Sony seems to be opening up more to crossplay is a good thing. Talk is cheap, so we'll see, you know, if this whole Gearbox situation gets ironed out. But if Jim Ryan really wants, you know, not only, you know, to, you know to, to focus on original IP for the PlayStation family, but also to to open it up to cross-play on third-party games, you know, that's that's a good thing. You know, better yes. late than never. But, you know, after they drag their feet so long, it's kind of like, you know, about time, Jim Ryan. Yeah, I mean, there's positives and negatives, more positives with... It keeps an online community around longer, but um, we'll just have to wait and see 
what develops. I mean, it, it's one thing to stand there and say that, you know, this is what we want to do, but I, I are, are they still, I think they're still leaving it up to the developers themselves if they, if they want to do crossplay. I mean, I know that's what Sony's pushing for. Well, it but. seems like it seems like Gearbox doesn't have any issues with that because they're you know they're t- they've got cross platform play available for everyone that plays Borderlands Three except for PlayStation owners. Ah, okay. So and 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 Jim Ryan seems to be hinting that it, basically you know that's an ongoing situation and maybe there's an issue between PlayStation and Gearbox that we don't know about that they're trying to iron out. But it makes it seem like both sides are kind of hinting and not outright blaming, but they're saying. Basically, it's the other side's fault, which is interesting. But hopefully there is a solution to that sooner rather than later. But let me ask you a question, Yield. When it comes to this kind of stuff, and, you know, cross, as you mentioned, cross-platform play can extend the life of an online game. Do you think that, you know, because one thing we used to see, a trend we used to see, and, and, you know, still see, is that, you know, a game, an online community would come out, and people would jump to that, and they would play it for a while, and then the next thing would come out, and people would jump like that, you know, like from like piranhas, you know, snacking on, you know, devouring some kind of meal, they would jump, you know, and once it was bone dry, all the piranha would swim to the next thing, and then they would devour that. So, does this kind of change the model in that when you have these communities lasting for a longer time, and you have you know a bigger base to play from, where you've got Xbox, PC, sometimes Switch, and also PlayStation players playing in all the same community, communities don't die out as quickly. Are there then fewer multiplayer games coming out, or are there some multiplayer games where they would come out and a community would normally, at least for a short time, circle around them and engage in that? You know, if you have communities lasting for a longer time, you know, in, with shooters and, and racing games and stuff, does that then kind of kill off a lot of the games that would spring off, spring up in the process? Hmm. You know. It can, I believe. I mean, if you're if you're playing, if you're a diehard to one online multiplayer community, it's really hard to bounce around to others because, um, like nowadays, of what they do, you know, your daily goals and things like that. You either have to get burnt out, or the next best thing comes along. You know, because. I, I, I'll use, like, World of Warships. I was pretty big into that for the longest time. Now I've kind of waned off, and I'm playing a lot of Knockout City lately. So, boy, if I had my bets on what, given your response to Fall Guys, if I had my bets, and yes, I do realize Fall Guys and Knockout City are two different games, but Yield's kind of like the crotchety old man where he's like, I've found my game, and I'm not playing any of these other goddamn online games. Um, yeah, pretty much. But like, I would not have bet that Knockout City would have caught fire with you. See, n- see, and, and neither did I. I had no desire to play it. Now I was at my buddy's house. He said, "Here, give it a try." And I said, "Okay." So I played through the tutorial. Okay, dive into online play. Let's see how I do. First game I played, I had like eighteen, twenty knockouts. Okay. Not bad. And, you know, and then as, as the night kind of progressed, it, it kind of went down and back up. And now that I've played more with The Brain and Nitro, it, it, 
it goes up and down. Some some games I only have nine. Other games I'm pushing twenty or more. So it. I have. So more what you're fun. saying is you're really good. That that's why you like it because you you can kick I, people's asses. And that probably has a lot to do with it too. That I'm I'm not. I don't do too bad. Now I'm not like a hundred percent perfect. There are nights where I get swept. And there's just nothing you can do. No matter what you try, what you do, they're just better than you. And so, but I, our, our little group, the three of us, we probably win more than we lose. But it's a lot more fun playing with a group than it is playing with randoms. Cause, and, and it's probably always that way. There are just times I just want to reach through and strangle the random on the other side of the screen. But so I mean, going back to my original question, I, you know, they mentioned some of that. You know, you've got the the Call of Duty free to play game. You've got what's what's that called? Warzone. You got Call of Duty Warzone. You've got Rocket League. You've got Fortnite. You know, a lot of these cross play games like. You know, I, I kind of put it out there that would this kind of kill off a lot of the crop of mul- of multiplayer games that would come up in the wake of a lot of the, you know, of the other games that had preceded them. But I think more so what we're going to see is, you know, an online community for, yes, Rocket League and Fortnite will persist for a long, long time and keep that game alive, those games along, you know, alive for a long, long time. You know, that's how they can evolve to platforms is they have this continuous online community and support not only from the creators, but from the people playing it. But I, you know, I will, as far as like, will this lessen the number of multiplayer games coming out? Cause you know, you know, how many multiplayer games can people support? You know, if you play, if you're primarily an apex legends care, like player, you know, how many online shooters can you support? If you're, you're, you know, you're really diving into like a seasons pass for online for uh, apex legends every time one comes out. So I think you'll see some, you know, some of the giants, they'll stick around, obviously, but I think for the most part, everything else will continue as it is, where you have online communities crop up, and then they die, and people find something else to play, and then online communities crop up, they'll die, and people will move on to something else. So, you know, hopefully the same doesn't happen in Knockout City. You know, obviously, if they keep changing the game and improving and iterating, that, you know, they can, you know, who knows how long they can keep it alive, but, I mean, Fall well, Guys, I, like, it, do people it, still it play is. Fall Guys? I, you know, I don't see anybody on my system playing it. Because you see, like, you know, content creators on YouTube, there used to be videos all the time. Like, everybody who was a content creator had, and they played games, had to have some Fall Guys video or some Fall Guys stream. But, you know, you don't even hear Tricky talk about it. Like, there's, no, like, Tricky wanted to try, like, wanted to start Knockout Tuesdays. There's no, like, Tricky is not even talking about, or has never, like, well, maybe previously, but not recently, hasn't talked about doing some kind of community for Night for Fall Guys. I think he did originally, but not anything. He hasn't even mentioned Fall Guys recently. No, and he's not even playing it either. So, I mean, that's an example of, is that community dead? Because I know that they were releasing, you know, post-launch, they were releasing more content. They were doing seasons. I Like, it, you know, in a year or two, is Fall Guys even going to be alive? Relevant? It, it's hard to say. Like I wasn't overly thrilled with it. And if I'm, you know, listeners, if, if someone does continue to play it and it does seem like there's a community still and like they're still easy to get into matches please let us know i'm not trying to diss the game but it doesn't is they seem like a lot of the chatter surrounding that game has and community itself has died down so has, if anyone has, has anything to the con- next best thing yeah if anyone, which might be knockout city 
but is it, if anyone has anything, you know, you know, if you're if you're still part of the Fall Guys community, let us know, definitely, because I'm just interested generally. It's just a game that it seems like dead silent on that front. Even even the news department, you know, any of the news on on Fall Guys seems to have died in too. You are correct. You don't hear anything about the latest seasons or updates. Well, Yield, communication is important, and, you know, if you want your online community to continue to thrive, you have to obviously give people updates. And we have an update on the PSVR 2, as it's, I guess, being codenamed by the community, because we don't actually know the name of it, but giving Sony's naming conventions, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, you know, you can assume that PS. That's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, unless they're going to go the Vita route, PSP, and then PS Vita. But, for now... PSVR 2. We know it's coming, but in a recent article that you dug up from IGN by Matt Perslow, headline reads, PSVR 2 reportedly planned for holiday 2022 launch. And this report comes based on an article written by Bloomberg, and I'm going to read from that Bloomberg article that is written by Takashi Mochizuki with help writing the article coming from Sohi Kim. Sorry, it's a, a large article. Let me find the part about sewing. Uh, Bloomberg spoke with sources who had knowledge on the matter. They don't specify who those sources are. But they did say that they are planning to use the, uh, quote, Samsung Display Company OLED, OLED panels in the next generation PlayStation VR goggles. Uh, quote, Japanese console giant sold more than 5 million units of the original PSVR, launched in 2016 and is aiming to release the successor in the, hol- in the holiday period next year, the sources said, asking not to be named, discussing internal plans. We can all understand that. Uh, going back to the IGN article by Matt Perslow, uh, PSVR 2 was announced in February, and shortly after Sony revealed new controllers, which wrap around your hands in an orb-like design, Remember, those are the ones that look like kind of like boxing gloves, like the, the skeletal shape of boxing gloves. Going back to the quote, with vague similarities to Halo designs of the Oculus Rift slash Quest. Recent reports claim that the headset will feature a 4K display with within the headset eye tracking and haptic feedback. The original PlayStation VR headset was well received. While it couldn't comp- compete with the high-end enthusiast devices like HTC's Vive and the Oculus Rift, it was affordable Easy way of getting into VR. PSVR 2, or whatever it ends up being called, appears to be targeting a more advanced level of virtual reality, with finger detection on the controllers similar to Valve's very premium index knuckle controllers. End quote. So, what we're essentially looking at here, again, is a purported holiday 2022 launch for the PSVR 2. And, uh, as mentioned in the Bloomberg article, they... Since launching in 2016, they have sold uh, 5 million units of the PSVR, which, you know, IGN mentions, or to IGN, that's being well-received. I don't know, Yield, does that that seem like it's extremely well-received to you? Because an IGN article published in February of this year lists PlayStation 4 as having 115.2 million sales. So the conversion rate of that for the PSVR 
was, you know, 5 million people of that base bought PSVR. Is that really, will we really consider that a successful conversion rate? I mean, we wouldn't know, but I guess in that world they do. I mean, I mean, maybe by well-received, we, we, we by, well, well, I was going to say, by well-received, maybe he means that it was it worked really well. Like it was a high quality, high you know high quality VR. Those those who bought it liked it. Yeah, like it, it worked well, and there were some good games with it. I don't know if, if well received, you know, if they mean if he means critical or uh, financially. But it seems like like critically, it was yes, well received, and it, it's high quality. So, but it just it seems like the support isn't always there. It comes in, it ebbs and flows. It comes in waves, and I don't know. I, I think when you have 115 million consoles out there, or more than 115 million consoles, and then only 5 million people buy PSVRs, is that really going to be something that you're going to you know, be looking to make a sequel to? Are you really going to invest that heavily in, P- in, in VR in the future? Because it seems like Sony goes off on these tangents, whether it be handheld devices like PSP or now with VR, they, they always, you know, or the PlayStation Move, like, you see them go off on these tangents, but really, what makes them money or what does really well for them is just their their consoles, their home consoles, and the games. So, yeah, why stray from that? Why are you continuing to try to to gulp up more and more when it doesn't seem like most of your player base gives a shit? I, yeah, that's a really good question. I would I would gander that. They're trying to push the industry, maybe trying to hit the nerve, find that wee gold mine, you know that 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 this that this is the next hot thing. Yeah, but as mentioned in the article, they're they're you know maybe they're targeting a more higher end uh, thing with the PS the PSVR two, but at least with the original PSVR, the Oculus Rift was better. Like it, it couldn't match the technology in that. Yeah. So maybe that's why they're going more high end this time, as speculated. But, I mean, as, as like, an entry-level thing for VR, you know, yes, maybe it was it was, it was was a, a quality machine that worked well, and if you wanted to play games on it, you know, it wasn't going to give you head, headaches like the the Nintendo, oh, what was that? Uh, the Virtual Boy? The Nintendo's Virtual Boy? But, you know, despite its quality, I would still say 5 million sales when your customer base is much larger... To me, that's not a success. Like, that tells me that most of your customer base, the majority, doesn't care about VR, so why do it? You know? No, I I agree. It, it, it's confusing. But there's a... But... No, there there's a market out there, and they're trying to tap into is, it. Is there a market, though? Or is it is it, like... Yes, 5 million people is not a small number. See? But compared to the people that are consuming that content, it is. The, the problem that I had with it was it was the same price as another console. And it never really came down. So I wasn't going to dabble in what I considered a, a peripheral that, for the most part, all the games are just, in a sense, glorified tech demos. Now, the, some, of the, some of the trailers for games that I have seen have gotten better, but you're still not going to. I, I still have a hard time spending five hundred dollars 
on something that I'm only going to play a game that's maybe a, a couple hours long because you're not supposed to spend a lot of time in VR. And when I game, I like to game for several hours, not just an hour here, an hour there. But that's just my preference. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. My buddy has it. I've experienced a couple of games in it. It's really cool. I just can't see me dropping 500 bucks. Not cool enough for me to drop 500 bucks on it. Yeah. It, to have to invest in a console and then spend hundreds of dollars on tech beyond that that's you know not another controller or video game, I don't know. That's, that's something that has deterred me as well. You know, maybe if I got the chance to, maybe if I was visiting Tricky or something like that, and he's like, you got to check out this PSVR thing, and maybe if I really, really enjoyed it, maybe I would be willing to invest. I understand that, you know, with games like Resident Evil Biohazard, that it can enhance the scare the scare factor and the tension in that, because it's like, holy shit, you have a first-person view, even more so, it, it pulls you even more into that world than, you know, playing with a controller on a TV screen. But it seems like for a lot of people, that's a, a, an extra expense that they're not willing to buy, and, you know... Getting people to sample VR, like, it's hard to do because, you know, unless you know somebody or there's, like, a, a traveling caravan that goes around, you know, via Sony that's like, hey, we're in your town, come check out the P the PlayStation VR or, you know, your PAX or E3. It's kind of hard to, you know, you can put a demo of a game on the PlayStation Network and people, you, people can download that and play it. Not so much with the PlayStation VR, so it's kind of hard to experience in that. And, you know, clearly, unless they can get that into people's hands and let them try that, it's just something that people aren't willing to invest in. And, you know, with, you know, other companies doing more high-end things in VR, like, I don't know, that's one of those very niche tech things that clearly the larger market isn't into. At least not yet. Like, you can look at the, the, the Dreamcast and say the Dreamcast was ahead of its time. But in the end, even if the Dreamcast, that was, you know, if you had a Dreamcast, that was impressive, but that also hurt you as a Dreamcast owner, because eventually the Dreamcast being ahead of its time, especially in regards to like online play and stuff with Fantasy Star Online, like it was, it was a you know advanced console, but it didn't. It, it eventually died, and it was the the decision that then afterwards the Sega's like, well, we're not going to do plat consoles anymore. Fuck it, we're just going to make games. You know, there yeah, is something it, to be said about you know being ahead of your time and it being a very negative thing. Yes, there is because then there's no one to help you. There's no one to support it. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving Sony enough credit for continuing to, you know, dig their heels and say, no, we're going to continue to support VR. But it's kind of one of those things like their, their handhelds and like the Move con controllers. It seems like Sony always does this. There's some peripheral that they're looking to push or some side project they're looking to push. And the support for it comes in waves. And it's never continuous because they have to focus on their, their, their consoles, their home consoles. That's where... Their, most of their support is, so they have to focus on that. So they can focus some attention on these other things for a while, but eventually support's going to die down, and maybe it comes back, but it just seems like these peripherals are something that Sony... Sony, it, it, It's like Sony sees a, something shiny off in the distance and an extra potential to make money, but then part of the reason they never succeed is because Sony can't put as much R&D and development behind it as they would like to. I don't know, it just seems like these offshoots never work well for Sony, and Sony just needs to stop and just focus on PlayStation 5. Can't disagree with you. 
if you listeners, if you do own a PlayStation VR and you are hyped for the VR two and you plan to buy it, please please let us know. Comment in the Facebook on the Facebook page. Um, I'd love to hear the feedback on that, and I'm sure that maybe this is something we'll bring up with Tricky on another show when he's back. Hopefully, he'll be back next week, and we can get his opinions on this next time he's on the show. But yeah, I mean, I guess two guys talking about PlayStation VR and the the future of VR. Would we? Neither one of us are willing to invest in the current generation. It doesn't really help, which is why it's nice to have Tricky on the show. Uh, so yeah, Tricky, Tricky, come back. You are also on this show. I understand that you're, you know, it's Father's Day and you're enjoying some time off, but uh, come back because the listeners here want to hear what you have to say about this. Yes, they do. Sorry, I'm going to check the Facebook group and see. I don't think we have any questions for tonight, but I do want to see if we have any posts in the group that that we want to mention. Shout out to Homer. Give him a little credit. Because on Thursday, he did post uh, from Eurogamer that the GTA Online will shut down in December for PS3 and Xbox 360. So is that where you first started this article, Yields, from your brother? That, that That's where I first heard about it, yeah. Uh, Shriki posted Happy Father's, uh, Happy Father's Day little uh, meme on the, on the page. Uh, it's, it's Odin, MCU's Odin, with Loki and Thor in the background. It says, Happy Father's Day to all the awesome dads out there. Hopefully, things end up a little better for the other dads out there than they did for Odin in the MCU, because, boy, Hela, uh, Hela, Hela was not was not kind to Odin in that. Did you ever see Ragnarok Yield? No, I have not. That That is on my to-do list. Well, yeah, Hela is a wrecking machine in that, and unfortunately, Odin pays the price of that. Sorry, spoilers on that, but uh, Ragnarok's been out there for a, 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 a bit. On Tuesday, Dupes Mark, he posted uh, that he had gotten the Master of the Multiverse Platinum for Ratchet and Crank. Ratchet and Crank. How dare I? <laughs> I'm sorry. Please forgive me, Insomniac. Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Mark said, not a hard one, far from it, but a very, very good game. So congratulations on your Platinum Trophy there, Mark. And there was a little thread to, to burst from that. Tricky asked, any racing trophies? Uh, Mark said, LOL, nope. And then Tricky posted a, a meme or a gif of Napoleon Dynamite's brother. I can't remember his name, but uh, doing the little yes. Uh, giving a little, uh, what would you call that? A, a fist pump kind of? Uh, saying yeah. Yes. Oh, that's not a fist pump. That's like a, um, oh God, the sign you do to tr- for truckers to... To, to, oh, to toot their the, horns. The, toot the air horn? Yeah, I don't even know what to call that, but it basically uh, a gif signaling yes, thank God, because we all know how Tricky was, was not great with those races. No! Even you put, uh, we can only hope. Yeah, we can, o- we, we can only hope that there are t- racing trophies, that way that'll be another platinum Tricky can't get. Well, he has gotten that platinum, but at least he'll struggle he, with yeah. it for a long time. For he'll, years he'll struggle with it, yeah. Uh, Sid and the rest, of, by the rest nice. of us will have it and then move on. Yeah, Sid capped it off saying, nice one, buddy. Hopefully get the game soon. Uh, Sid also got a Platinum this week. Got the Platinum Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Only 150 hours playtime. Or, excuse me, 115 hours playtime. Uh, Nitro said, love to hear that. Are you going for the DLC too? Sid says, not at the moment. I've done most of it. Just got the Atlantis section to do, but I need a break, man. After 115 hours, Sid, we can all understand that. 
Steven says, you said only. Sid replied, yeah, could still go for another ten or so, but I need a break. Uh, Steven says, good Jeebus. Your brother said, took me around 140 for my platinum. Fantastic game, was it not? Sid says, yeah, great game. Gonna do Fallen Order and then AC Origins. Nitro says, both amazing games as well. Look forward to hearing about them too. Sid replied, hearing about it? Hearing about I haven't done a Sophie's Trophy for a while, and f- and from what I've heard recently, it's not something the listeners want. Uh, Sid, I would like to say that Sophie's Trophies is a um, a segment we would always love to have here on the show. So if you want to come and put your spin on trophies and trophy lists, we would more uh, we would definitely love to have that uh, or anything Absolutely. you would like to contribute to the show. So uh, listeners apparently want more trophy based content. My point is just like you know. I don't want an entire show so, you know, half of a show so much devoted to trophies because I think that would get a little boring. But if Sid, if you want to put a little your little spin on, on trophies and little guides and stuff like that, I'm sure that you could do it much better than we could. So Sophie's Trophies is a, a, a thing that's always welcome, a segment that's always welcome here on Trophy Horse. Uh, <laughs> your brother wrote, I think you, you class the place up with your Sophie's Trophies, Sid, and you need to keep them going. We can all agree with that. Sid writes, appreciate your kind words. To be honest, it's complicated why I stopped, and the trophy talk discussion on the show and on Facebook has more had more negative than po- positive about trophy discussions at the end of the day. It's about the listeners and what they want and enjoy. Uh, Andrew writes, the grind is real. Yes, Andrew. Uh, the grind almost for any Assassin's Creed game in the Platinum is definitely real. So just some of the posts that we would share here on the podcast from the Facebook community. And if you're looking to get in touch with us, the Facebook community is always the best place because it's probably the place that we're more active. Yield, in fact, I think uh, I'm somewhat active on Twitter these days, but I think I saw your first, first post for the... Do you, you're not posting that much because I feel like I don't see many of your posts these days. Uh, most of my stuff on Twitter... My Twitter has kind of, kind of become my news feed. I like people's stuff. I retweet stuff. Um... I am not as active of putting live tweets out. All right. So, folks, before we head into our, our housekeeping and everything, we a uh, little announcement here. You'll soon hear a break into another segment. Levi is actually going to record a segment with us separate of the show. Uh, that'll happen on Monday. He's going to come in and record, and we're going to talk about our topic of the week that we've been saving to do with him. He wants to talk about uh, the future of... Um, subscription-based models, stuff like uh, PlayStation Now, he wants to talk about Game Pass, and just kind of what we see the the future of that. So we're going to actually cut to a segment here in a moment uh, with Levi recording with us. He's going to give us the Be Legit in that update as well. Uh, So uh, here it is. Enjoy our talk with Levi uh, on his topic of the week that he picked out, as well as his latest update on the Be Legit. Hey everyone, so as promised, this is a little additional segment to episode 484. Uh, We were able able to grab Levi, and you know, Levi had introduced us to a topic that he wanted to talk about, and unfortunately he missed the last episode, and we've been kind of jonesing to talk about it, so we finally got an opportunity to have Levi back on the show. We found him, no need for a search party. So uh, I'm going to throw it to Levi before, uh, after introducing him to the topic. Essentially what Levi wants to talk about is uh, topic of the week, uh, well, all right. Uh, Game Pass, uh, Game PSN Pass, Now, and the future of gaming and streaming services. services. Do we like streaming services? services? Are they good for the industry as a whole? Good or bad for developers and the consumers? So as promised, Levi, I'm going to throw it to you since I'm assuming you have a lot to talk about on this on these subjects. I do, but before we tear in, I'm going to give everybody an update 
as promised monthly update on Be Legit. So you know, I, as I was reading, I was like, players. fuck, I forgot about the Be Legit update. I, I figured we would do it afterwards. But you know what? Be Legit's incredibly important. we got to find out if Ponder has caught Corey that in the race number Everybody one. is, you know, anxious to see if and when Ponder will pass Corey. Well, he is now three points away. Corey remains in the lead at 59 points, Ponder at 56. Kraken, Tricky Mick, still has 22 because, of course, he hasn't sent me his scores. He never sends me his scores, so um, Kraken's still at 22. CJ at 20, Daryl at 17, JT at 16, and Yield at 14. Uh, It's a steep drop past that but that's our that's our top seven and uh, another good month on the be legit but you know, yes you know, yield has uh, promised promise that he's going to get three at least, at least three platinums here when he goes and shut down next week so in one hey, week one week so yield's going to set the pace for 12 12 games in one month one month oh i don't know i don't know about the the, the the ones i'm going for platinums i've already well see Hellblade was last year, so if, when I play through it all again, I, I guess I can count it for this year. But the other games I've already counted for this year, I'm just going back and punch listing them. Except for Spyro. Spyro I haven't finished yet, so that will if be you, for June. If you crush that many this month, you'll be up there with uh, Tricky and CJ fighting for third place. Well, I'm not going I'm not going to quite get that many, but I my platinum count, like I said, I was, I'm three or four I could probably knock out in a week, but only... One will actually be a credit because of a full game I've completed. If that makes sense, I've I've got a punch list to finish out on trophies. Now, now Levi, I, I I know we have a heated race for third place, which currently Tricky Mix sets sets top. But if I if you know, obviously the big race is between Ponder and Corey, and I saw at least when Ponder was submitting the numbers for this tally. He apparently was not too happy with himself. He it seemed like he was disappointed in his tally from the past month. Well, they both were. Uh, I mean, let's see here. Corey only had three points in May. Ponder only had five. I mean, they really disappointed all of us. I mean, uh, JT won the month with six. It's it was a pretty pitiful showing. We're very disappointed. You guys need to get your act together. <laughs> to to be fair, and I know you're joking there. Levi, but <laughs> five five games, six games in a month, like that, that's still pretty impressive because I like, I haven't beaten that many in a, in a month of years. <laughs> yeah, their uh, worst month imaginable is still a pretty respectable month. So, uh. but uh, yeah, enough about be legit because I want to talk on this topic and the, the reason the reason I wanted this topic is you hear all of this jive about how oh it's it's free Game Pass a Xbox can't sell any games. They got to give them away for free and free, free, free. And uh, you know, streaming services is all they can do. But you know, wait, wait a minute. Are there people actually saying that Xbox can't sell games? Because I think they could sell. You know, especially after the E3 showing. I feel like I feel like they could. You know, definitely sell games. It just doesn't yeah. seem like hey, console exclusivity is their big thing anymore. It's it's not. But yes, daily thing. These these taunts and. They talk about how it's destroying the industry and uh, you devaluing gaming and 
devaluing the developers. But, you know, what I look at it as is I, I look back to Netflix and Hulu and what we had before with the television and movie industry. We had these cable companies that ran probably the greatest Ponzi scheme in entertainment history. You actually paid these companies, these cable companies, $100 a month. And 35%, 40% of what you watch is ads. There, There is ads they are making a fortune on. There is no other type of entertainment organization in the history of the world that has charged people so much money to watch ads. Um, never any, anywhere else you go, anything else you do. So you, you go to, you go to listen to the timeshare. Somebody, you know, wouldn't want you to hear their advertisement on a timeshare. They pay you, they pay you $200 to come listen to them for a day, $300. They give you a vacation. They, they pay you, um, somehow, um, you know, the industry was able to con people out of $100 a month and, and, and get them to watch their ads. It was the greatest scheme in, in history. Uh, but Netflix and Hulu came along. And the same exact arguments could be made um, against it. But what Netflix and, and Hulu and HBO, what they've done is they've revolutionized the industry. They've got rid of ads. I haven't watched an ad on a streaming service in three years. And I pay, I pay thirty dollars a month. I keep I keep three going at all times. Now I alternate them. You know I don't keep them all going. At, at, you know there's like eight of them now. So I I use them and uh, my for my television um, expenses. It's, it's about thirty a month and no ads. Used to it was a hundred a month and a ton of ads. That's a huge win for the consumer. It's also a win for the producers of the entertainment now. The way I see it is, video gaming is going this same this same way. Uh, Game Pass is leading the charge. I think PS Now will catch on pretty fast, and I think I think Nintendo will also do the same thing very soon. We'll have these essentially streaming services. Now, is is it is it really going to you know destroy the industry, or is Game Pass? going to have what what what's netflix have now a, a billion subscribers 500 million you know, half a billion subscribers imagine what the industry would be if xbox game pass and ps now had a portion a fraction of the memberships that netflix has i mean it, it would be unfathomable it would rocket the industry into you know a realm unlike anything we've ever seen um, and it, it would be a huge win for for everyone so that's that's kind of my argument is that's this is what the industry is going towards. Uh, we're not going to stop it. You know, people throw the whole concept of oh well, it's destroying digital. It's destroying digital. Digital gaming has been on the way out for 15 years. I think something like 90 percent of all video games sold last year were digital. Um, oh, yield! They're coming for your physical copies. That's fine. Yeah. They, they can try. All of the arguments. Can you imagine Yield hold up in a cabin, protecting all of his video games with like just as a slew of weaponry? Oh yeah, but all of the arguments against Game Pass are their straw man arguments. Um, it's it's blaming blaming Game Pass for something that's been happening for ten years before Game Pass even came along. Um, 
I've talked too much about it, but that's, that's kind of my thoughts. That's, that's how I lean. And me, for one, I welcome these streaming services and I love the option of being able to sign in and play the, the latest and greatest games for 10, 15 bucks a month. So what, uh, what do you guys think about this whole ordeal and what do you think it's going to do for the industry? So a couple of things, uh, Netflix memberships, I looked it up, uh, back in October of 2020 last year, 2020 of last year, uh, Forbes reported that Netflix had 195 million total subscribers. And then in uh, this year, April 21st, Statista.com said they had 207.64 million. So just over 200 million subscribers for Netflix. Uh, You know, you talk about like devaluing games because, you know, they're on a subscription service like Game Pass where you pay a monthly fee and then you have like an option to play the newest games for just a, a small monthly fee. So, you know, you remember like back in the day when, you know, people like Nintendo would claim that mobile gaming, you know, free to play model and cheaper games on the mo- on mobile devices was devaluing the industry, you know, to where we had been used to paying, you know, upward, you know, 40 to 60 dollars for console video games, handheld video games. So the whole idea of, you know, stepping away from the 60 dollar price tag for for video games and for entertainment that you know Nintendo was complaining about we've, we've had that you know first mobile devices were the scapegoats and now you know a service potentially like Xbox uh, Game Pass can be seen as a scapegoat so uh, and you know now you see Nintendo has you know some of their biggest franchise on, franchises on mobile uh, not the least you know to mention Pokemon Go and the, the giant financial money juggernaut that is so um, you know you mentioned PlayStation, and Steven was on the show a couple weeks ago, and he talked about PS Now compared to Game Pass, and you know how they they kind of service two different needs. So he had mentioned that that PlayStation Now was more like you'll go back and play older games from previous generations, and and maybe some you know newer games, but games from the current generation that have been out for a while. Whereas Game Pass is more like there's a rotating, a smaller like lake of or res- reservoir of games to pull from and they kind of they rotate but you're going to get newer games you're going to get the newest and like latest games games uh for xbox actually from e3 i pulled up a list of some of the games that they had announced they were adding to game pass um uh, an article on the verge t- uh, titled microsoft just launched a bunch of new games on xbox game pass at e3 2021 written by alan Wynn. So, uh, Game Pass titles were announced during Microsoft and Bethesda's joint E3 conference on Saturday. The lion's share comes from Bethesda, which adds 10 more titles to the service in addition to the 20 Bethesda titles added to the service since it was acquired by Microsoft earlier this year. Six of these titles will also be accessible via Xbox, PC, and xCloud. Players will also have access to Fallout New Vegas starting today. So, uh, here's a a list of the games they announced. Uh, Arx Fatalis on PC, Fallout on PC, Fallout 2 on PC, Fallout Tactics PC, Fallout 3 console, PC and Cloud, Fallout New Vegas PC, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, console, PC and Cloud, The Evil Within 2, console, PC, Cloud, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, PC, console, Cloud, Rage, console, PC, Cloud, Doom 2016, console and Cloud, and then Yakuza Like a Dragon, console, PC and Cloud. Uh, and just another article here, this one from Polygon.com, written by Austin Goslin. Every, Ox- every Xbox Game Pass game announced at E3 2021. Uh, the list reads, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Back for Blood, which is go- uh, going to be day and date, Starfield, Contraband, Stalker 2, Somerville, Halo Infinite, Hades, Plague Tale, Requiem, 
Slime Rancher 2, Party Animals, Psychonauts 2, Shredders, Atomic Heart, Replaced, Grounded, The Shroom, and Doom Update, uh, Eden Chronicles Rising, Eden Chronicle 100 Heroes, The Ascent, Age of Empires 4, The Outer Worlds 2, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Forza Horizon 5, Among Us, Dungeon and Dragons, Dark Alliance, 12 Minutes, Anacrisis, Scorn, Aragami 2, Sable, Hello Neighbor 2, The Gunk, and Redfall. So, you know, a lot of games there that, that you know, maybe aren't, like, huge headliners, but you've also got The Outer Worlds 2, Forza, uh, Forza Horizon 5, Among Us, you've also got Psychonauts 2, uh, Back, for Blo- Back for Blood is mentioned, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Hades is launching on there, so Halo Infinite's on that list. There's some pretty big games that they're bringing to Game Pass, which you can play. Right, and, play. and the biggest one, will, will, in my opinion, will be Starfield, you know, which won't come out until next year, but... But I mean, I think Starfield's going to be a really big deal. As you can see from that list, you know, Bethesda was a huge acquisition for Microsoft, and not just a huge acquisition for Microsoft, but one of the biggest video game acquisitions in history. And yes, you know, even though they're not going, you know, their their strategy isn't necessarily go exclusive with everything. They're putting a ton of those games on Game Pass, and then just the the list, like all their biggest games, are going to be on Game Pass. So if you pay that subscription fee. You know, it's it's likened to the WB Network before it went to Peacock, and I guess they, they have the same style here on Peacock, but you could get every monthly pay-per-view for $10 a month, which was crazy considering back in the 90s and early 2000s, you paid 60 to 70 bucks for a pay-per-view. Um, so, like, Xbox clearly, you know, we see Sony, and Sony's going to put out the biggest games, you know, they're going to pay hundreds of million dollars to produce these, but they're going to put them out for 60 to $70 a pop, you know, starting out. Nintendo, you're probably never going to see Nintendo do a subscription service like Game Pass. You know, they've got, they did the NES Classic and the SNES Classic until they could get their online systems running on the Switch. So now they're, you know, if you're an online, uh, you have an online membership to Nintendo, you can download the NES channel, you can download the SNES channel. There's not a ton of content on those. I mean, they're they're adding games here and there, and there there are quite a big games on, quite a few big games on there. I mean, it's 20 bucks a year, and you do have... You know, you've probably got, I don't know, 30 NES games and probably 50 SNES games and some of the best games ever for those two consoles. I, I do wish they had N64. Well, that, that'll um, come. We'll never see an N64 Classic or a GameCube Classic because there will eventually, I assume, be channels on the Switch that you can download and play games from those portals. But my point is, they're seeming, you know, Nintendo is going to have a strategy closer to PlayStation when it comes to this stuff. Where PlayStation now, you know, features a lot of older games from older generations, and same thing for Nintendo. That's what they're going to do, and then they're going to sell you their newer games for, you know, the full price. Because, you know, Sony, of all people, is more likely to drop the prices on their exclusives, you know, after a time than Nintendo. Nintendo, you're, you're going to have to wait them out for them to drop those prices. So, I think in those terms of a subscription service and, like, streaming content, Nintendo is going to be closer to playstation in those regards rather than microsoft i think microsoft is trying to get ahead uh trying to to get out there in front and and meet this tech at the forefront and sony and microsoft or sony and nintendo are just kind of letting them do that and seeing how everything turns out microsoft's trying to be the front leader the leader and well how do you all think it will turn out i mean how how do you think this this model is going to go putting your new releases out there on your streaming service everything day one do you think it's a good model or do you think it's uh, what's your thoughts yields i've i've been gabbing quite a bit What, what are your thoughts sir i'm not a fan of that only because you've got 
multi-million dollar, or not, well, I might be exaggeration, but you've got millions of dollars invested in some of your big budget games, and you're essentially giving them away for 15 bucks. So if you don't get your, in my opinion, your entire player base in on it, you're not making your money back. Whereas like $60 a pop or $70 a pop, you're going to get your money back. That's the only thing that I fear is when you're putting launch games on their day one. So by, by charging $15 a month for Game Pass, Microsoft is essentially assuming that on average people will buy three brand new games per year because at $15 a month for 12 months, that's 180 bucks. So yeah. at $60 a month. So they're assuming on average that people are going to buy three games per year. Some people may buy less. You know, they've got people who, you know, may buy one a Call of Duty game per year or a sports game per year, like Madden, and they'll play that all year. And then you got people who gobble up games a little faster that'll buy more than three. So I'm assuming they've run the numbers and they've said, yeah, three is a good number. And we've set the price at $15 where, you know, that's, that's you know, reasonable for most people, especially when you consider we're putting the newest games on there. You know, Sony has kind of said that they don't, and, and you know, show, as shown by their, their current model of we're going to put a lot of money in, you know, first party studios and deals with smaller development studios and, and focus on owned IP and exclusives. But we're going to sell you them. We're going to have the standard model of spending that money and then selling it to you for the an MSRP of 60, 70 bucks. Whereas, you know, Microsoft is like, you know what, let's just get out there and, and play it. Or like, just get out there and play it. You know, here's a really good deal. It would surprise me if most, if more than half of people who own an Xbox didn't have Game Pass because um, it's such a good deal. But obviously they've run the numbers and economically it works for them. Um, oh, I, ha- I, I had a question. I lost it. Um, but yeah, I mean, how it'll turn out, we we don't really know. I'd say that, you know, given the way that people can, you know, Levi, you made a comparison to Netflix and Hulu and these other streaming services. And, you know, as far as TV and stuff goes, there's a thousand streaming services. It seems like every everyone who owns content has their own streaming services, you know, with Paramount and Disney and everything. So I personally am getting sick of having a subscription service for every streaming service. But given the fact that music... You know, most people probably listen to music via streaming service as opposed to buying single MP3s from like Amazon.com or iTunes. And then you have streaming services like Netflix pervading, you know, view like viewing habits of most people around the world. You would figure that at some point video games are going to follow that model. And obviously Microsoft thinks that they're going to be the leader in that. They they want to be the, the lead horse in that race. And I don't blame them because streaming services have come to dominate the entertainment industry. Um, I mean, I I understand the arguments of you're not getting as much per game, but I also see that, hey, you've got these diehard Sony fans that you know, wouldn't entertain the notion of anything other than Sony that are now like, okay, well, this is only 15 bucks a month, so let's go ahead and get this too so we can play these games. So you've, you've got... You've got the diehard Sony ponies that are now also subscribing. You've got the Nintendo people subscribing. You've got the PC people. Every PC gamer I know has Game Pass. Um, they're they're opening this thing up to where people can play on their console. They can play on their PC. They can play on their tablet. They can play on their cell phone. Um, they they don't care about exclusives. They don't care about selling their 
uh, console. You know, it, it, consoles are sold at a loss anyway. There's no profit in selling hardware. Well, they, they well, here's don't here's care the thing, Levi, it. and I brought this up before. Like, so if Microsoft just wants you to play their games and they're not as concerned with the console, should they just run the Sega route and stop making consoles and just produce games? Because they've always been a software company predominantly. They've always... I don't think they could completely do that, no. You've got too many people that can't build a, you know, $1,800 gaming PC, and it's a huge value, like a Series X, the power you get from that console. I mean, it's huge value. Um... Lot, lot of, lot of gamers. That's, I mean, it's perfect for them. I think they would be shooting themselves in the foot if they discontinued making them completely. Well, and also, like, they, it can be like a a media player for you know, if, if people own movies and they want to watch movies. I, I'm assuming that the Xbox Series X and S can play you know Blu-rays as well. No, oh, I'm sure it can. So, I mean, it, for some people, I mean, you know, you have smart TVs that have all the the apps built in, but for some people, maybe owning a console is kind of a way like an all-in-one media player and you know dealing with pcs like you have to upgrade pcs more often you have to you know upgrade a a home console so i mean maybe it's just an easier way in for people than having to deal with a pc and all the the technical know-how that comes with that but i don't know just xbox focus you know i understand they still have to sell consoles but i think maybe they're walking a dangerous tightrope here where you know, Sony is and, and, my, and Nintendo are beating them in console sales, and maybe they they you know after last generation like okay, well we can't beat them in console sales, so we'll still sell consoles, but we're getting we'll you know we'll make sure that you can play our games as as you know as as many as places as possible. Do you think this is kind of an admittance of Microsoft that we're not going to out you know out like race Sony and Nintendo as far as console sales go? Or well, why are, would or, you want to? Why would you want to beat somebody in? the sales of a commodity that is known for 30 years to be non-profit. I mean, why would you want to? Well, the Switch, want to, wasn't the Switch why would profitable you want to be day king one? of selling thing at a loss? I, don't I mean, think... it may it may have been at a... Nintendo tends to make a really, really small profit, uh, yes, but Xbox and PlayStation have historically lost their asses on consoles. So, you know, why would you want to be the king of selling a non-profit item? If there was another way, if there was a better way, if if there was a way to sell it on someone else's console, sell it on PC, sell it on the cell phone, the tablet, you know, why why would you focus a nonprofit hardware? But I mean, you wouldn't. I mean, you mentioned playing on the phone, but like with how many mobile games are out there, I mean, does Game Pass really have a huge presence on? Is is that really the first place that people want to play Game Pass? Is on their phone? I don't know, but it's it's come. I do know that playing games on the phone is the most profitable sector of the gaming industry. These these free to play games on cell phones, I think, make up about eighty percent of the profit in the industry. So I could see why they would want to target it. So I mean, Levi. I mean, obviously, you know, if you can pay fifteen dollars a month and play the newest games, that's pretty good for consumers. But you know, as far as the people making these games. You pose the question: Is this good or bad for developers? Do you think? Well, what what did it do for developers? You know, for television and, and movies when Netflix came along, it it might have been a little tough at first, but in the end, when you've got what did you say, two hundred million people giving you fifteen dollars a month, that's a damn lot of money. Yeah, although Netflix, they have this weird thing now where they they 
are constantly and it's kind of I'm seeing a difference in the way Netflix and Disney handle their their original series because on Disney they'll release one episode a week and then you have to wait till the next episode to see like kind of like traditional television which I'm assuming prevents people from gobbling up content right away you know people have a Disney subscription so they can see one episode a week which means Disney's not having to produce con- new content as often. And then you, in the meantime, they're, they're hoping that people will go back to their back catalog of content and watch that as they wait for new episodes. Whereas Netflix is they release it all at once and then people gobble it up. And then, you know, one of the things that ne- we see from Netflix is they have a ton of original content, almost too much to watch. But then they're constantly canceling shows and starting new projects. So I don't. Oh, I, I hate the way Netflix handles things nowadays. All of their great sci-fi shows, they they cancel after two seasons. It's it's a huge disappointment. I I totally disagree with the way Netflix is handling things nowadays. But that's that's Netflix. But you so know, there's so the one reason I think that Netflix was so popular was because obviously if you can pay, you know, people can hut, cut hundreds of dollars off their monthly entertainment bill by switching from cable just to like Netflix and Hulu. So right. that was a huge divide there where it doesn't make sense to own cable anymore because, you know, again, not only do you have to sift through commercials, but you also have to wait when certain things are on television. To, there's like a schedule you have to follow, whereas Netflix, it's like watch it whenever you can or, you know, when it's released, you can watch it whenever you want to. So, I mean, there – Maybe not the same as for the video game industry because you're you're probably not going to cut hundreds of dollars off of your gaming budget every month by switching to Game Pass as a you know as opposed to playing on a PlayStation or Nintendo or even if you didn't subscribe to Game Pass and were just buying Xbox games you know at the store. So I think that is a little difference in you know the TV market because like that was like an immediate. I mean you can save thousand a thousand dollars a year easily by just switching to Netflix and, and dumping cable. So I think I don't think anyone's saving that much from Game Pass, but I think that you know, as someone who owns a PlayStation and not an Xbox, it's kind of one of those things where, man, I really wish they they had that on the PlayStation. And I I really enjoy PlayStation Plus. I think it's a great value. You know, the sales, the free games, the cloud saving it's it's all fantastic. I wish they would bundle PSN now into that. Um, so it I I. I I don't like as I said before. I don't want to have multiple subscriptions to different service providers, and I certainly don't want to have multiple subscriptions within the PlayStation Network. So I really wish that they would. If I could at least get that, I would be happy. But you know, what are you saying? Having PS Now on Game Pass? No, no, no. PS Now as part of PlayStation Plus. So you pay the yearly fee for PlayStation Plus, and then you have access to PSN Now in addition to everything on PlayStation Plus. And honestly, if they would bundle it together and say, pay $70 a month for this, I would pay it. You know, add in... You would pay $70 a month for Plus and Now? No, you pay... You mean a, you mean a year? Yeah. No, not, not not a month. A year. Yeah, so you would pay... It's right now 60 for PlayStation Now, and then I think Plus, or P- PSN Now is $10. So even if they wanted to add the two together and bundle them and say $70 a month, I mean, I guess at that point you're like, hey, Alex, you idiot. Why don't you just subs- sign up for both anyway? But I don't know. I, for me, I don't want to have to deal with two subscriptions. Just bundle them all together. I don't know. Maybe maybe now yeah. from that yeah. point of me saying I would pay the $10 anyways makes me look like an idiot. But I, I, I don't know. I just wish it was all bundled together. I would love to pay $60 for it. But if, if Sony wanted to compete with Game Pass, at least in most people's eyes, they would probably have to bundle the two together. 
Well, they would have to open it up to PC too. Um, well, which which they're doing they, more they often. They have no, you know, no presence right now. Well, they they've let a few of their old games go onto Steam, but as far as just like PS Now um, on PC, it's it's not a thing. I, I know there there is an option. I think for certain games, but it's I think they would to really compete, they would have to open it up to that PC market. Which I mean, which you know, we've seen Sony. Jim Ryan, as we talked about in this episode, they want to do more crossplay stuff. It looks like they are opening up more things to PC. You know, they got their Steam Curator page going, and they've announced more and more games that are coming to PC. So they're starting to do those things, starting to break down some of those walls. Yield, what do you think about you know something like Game Pass in regards to the future for video game developers? Do you in 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 an industry where there are hundreds of billions of dollars spent to make games, and one bad game or one flop or one missed forecast can sink an entire studio? Do you think that Game Pass is a is good for, you know, the people who are making games? I think a strong case can be made for both. You know, if you have a game that flops or you have a game like Cyberpunk that has issues out the get-go, if it's on Game Pass, you know, you were out, you know, you're out 10, you know, what is it? $10 a month. 15 15 so, you know, you're not, you, you, it hurts, but yet you've got all these other games that you got w- with the bundle. Whereas if you dropped your 60, 70 bucks on it, you feel like you were ripped off. But then I feel that if you have, you know, a big launched game that's very successful, that $15 a month is getting spread out amongst all the developers and you you're missing your kind of your bigger piece of the pie because you've got this really successful game. Now if people love it they're going to go buy it anyway. But as Levi pointed out, you know, when the streaming services started, it was a while before everybody was like screw you cable, we're going to you know, streaming only. Well, I, I think so, another part of it we could consider is streaming will bring, most likely, bring more people to gaming. You have people that are probably on the fence. Maybe they've they've got a nice PC for work, or they've got a PC at home. They 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 don't play gaming. They they they're not going to go out and and buy the latest generation console for $500 and buy all these hard copy games they're not they're not gamers but if there's you know some service out there that they can go ahead and just play on their computer and subscribe for 10 or 15 bucks a month and play a game every now and then i think you're going to have a lot more of these nonchalant non-gamers actually gaming and subscribing to these services to have that convenient option they don't have to have the hardware they don't have to switch out games in a console it's download the app pay your 10 15 bucks a month click the button you're gaming right there on your pc i think you're gonna have growth overall in the industry and i think we have to factor that income into the pie also instead of looking at it as just you know selling you know three games a year versus seventy dollars a game i think i think it will bring more to the industry so i can't disagree i can't disagree with that because the the more casual people or the more people who would only buy one or two games a year is more unlikely to try that because that's a better deal for them 
And it, you know, it might drag more people back into the industry. You know, it's kind of what happened to me. I didn't play for 10 or 11 years. And, um, you know, my wife, um, she, she bought me a PlayStation three at a consignment sale and it had, um, Half-Life 2, The Last of Us, Mass Effect, and Bioshock, which is like four of my absolute favorite games. And I played them back-to-back, and after playing those, like, I'm hooked. I was a gamer again. It, it might do that same thing for many others. You know, Download this little app, play the game, boom, they're hooked. They're gamers again. I think, Levi, what, you know, just as important in this discussion is price is what you're talking about is opening up, making things more accessible to most people because... Like these, these days, you know, do we really want to get up and and change discs when we want to change, you know, the game we're playing, or do we want to go to a menu, a hub, and then pick from a list of things what we want to play and then, you know, either have it loaded on a console or have it streamed from somewhere else directly to our, our, through our video game system to our TV. So, I mean, really, really, you know, not just the hard copy games, but the, the consoles, do we want to pay $500 for this console and 400 for that console and 375 for the other console and 600 for do you want to buy all these consoles and a lot of people they, they just don't want to fool with all that well i mean it seems like really what you if you're you know worried about having too many consoles what you really want to do is buy a pc i mean you're not going to get the nintendo games but until you know the the whole ideal one console vision comes true which it's never going to but until all of that happens, you're still going to have to buy, you know, multiple consoles. You know, if you grew up on Nintendo, you're if you want to play, you know, Xbox and PlayStation, you're going to still have to buy a Nintendo console, even if you, you know, people, you know, Nintendo Xbox, for Xbox. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nintendo's a long ways from this. I mean, it's there a lot of kid games and stuff. That's why I always say if if I had if you had to pick two, you know, if you had PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, and PC, and you could only pick two, for me, it's it's PC and Nintendo. Well, yeah, because PC would give you more access to, especially with Sony opening it up more and putting more games on PC, it would, you know, give you access to a lot of the games that you could find on PlayStation and Xbox. Now, PlayStation is not going to put games, you know, on PC day and date. They're probably going to be some kind of exclusivity on, like, say they do, like, a, a television show. So, like, they'll run a series on television, and then maybe the next year, when the new season's about to come out, they'll put it on Netflix. So you'll probably see that staggered release for PlayStation in the future. But one of the things, the one of the most interesting things to come out of this, you know, we used to have the, the console wars, the fanboy wars, where people would flame each other on message boards about, you know, their favorite console. It was almost like, you know, a, a sports league or, you know, a political race. Like, this is this is who I picked, and I'm going to defend this to my death. But, you know, you kind of have all these console platforms competing with each other but also not really because nintendo they've always kind of been off doing their own thing and and, you know sony and microsoft were kind of the ones butting heads but now even though they are you know making a lot of i don't want to say similar games but you know the games that appeal to people who play primarily on playstation and microsoft are closer than you know they would be to the nintendo games you've got sony and microsoft kind of two different strategies you know even though they're focusing on triple a games and, you know, owned IP, you know, Microsoft, you know, Sony's a more traditional method, whereas Microsoft's more like we're getting into the streaming service and we're getting into it heavily. You know, as we said, play our games wherever you can. That's what we want. So it's kind of, you know, coming out of the fanboy wars of a few generations ago, 
it's interesting to see how the business strategy for each platform holder has evolved. And I guess not really evolved for Sony, but more so evolved for Microsoft to kind of move away from what Sony is doing. Yeah, and uh, but, uh, you, I love I love they're trying new things. Um, I love competition. If if you don't have competition in a market, everybody everybody loses. Um, so you you have these you have these three or four major players that are trying all of these new things and and you know uh, taking competition to a whole nother level. And anytime you have that, uh, everybody is a whole win. So I'm loving it. I, I can't wait to see what this next generation or two will hold for us. Let me let me ask you guys this. So do you all think that? And we'll start with yield first. Do you guys think that Microsoft's Game Pass will eventually force Sony to do something similar and, you know, put more of their new content on a streaming service right away for a subscription fee? Or do you think Sony can still succeed by doing the traditional method of releasing a new game for 60, 70 bucks at stores or on the PSN and, you know, put that content on a streaming service later? Wow, that's a good one. Um, Sony's pretty hard-headed. It probably depends on just really how their sales go. If their exclusives are still selling really good, then they'll delay longer. Um, I was just thinking as you guys were talking, Microsoft has kind of gone the Nintendo route in a sense of Nintendo decided they weren't going to keep up console with console. You know, they, they did their thing. This is what we focus on. And, and that's our bread and butter. And everybody thought Nintendo would get left to the wayside, and they're, they're still here. Microsoft was getting knocked around last generation by Sony and their exclusives. So now they've gone their own route. We're focusing on streaming. Releasing our games streaming day one at this incredible price. Sony's still doing their thing. If, and as we reported on, oh, I forget what topic it was, but, uh, well, the launch of Last of Us 2, where some Xbox people were saying, you know, these are the positive things that Naughty Dog did. You know that Sony's looking at the sales numbers for Game Pass. How many people are involved in it, the money, yada, yada. If Sony, I believe if Sony begins to think that, hey, there's some big bucks to be had on this, and we can capitalize on this, they'll go at it like a bull in a china shop. But I, I think they'll just stay where they're at right now. They might dabble in it, you know, dip their toes in the water, but I don't know if they'll dive full head into it because they thought they were going to do that a few years ago when they uh, purchased that streaming service. Gaikai. Gaikai, yeah. Which which you figure is like the backbone for PlayStation now. Yeah. All right. So and they they've had now for a while, and it it, it kind of took off, but you don't really hear a lot about it anymore, other than hey, these are the new games we're putting on now. You know, you don't even hear Tricky talking about it. Well, um, I'm pretty much in lockstep with Yield. I think this gen they're going to analyze. I think they're going to, you know, watch this thing. Um, and I do believe it will blow up. I do believe Microsoft will win this gen. 
Um, there's, I think it'll be a close race, but I, I do think Microsoft will win this generation. What, what is and win think, this generation look like to you, Levi? What What are the standards we say? But what is a win? Because obviously, it's probably not going to be console sales. No, no, um, not at all, not at all. Uh, just uh, overall profitability and and sales of software. But you know, I think even if they don't win. Even if it's just really darn close, and Microsoft has made major ground, I think by the release of next generation, this is my prediction, by the beginning of next generation, a PS6 or whatever, I think it is going to be an all-out dog race of streaming services. That's my prediction. And uh, guess we should wrap up here shortly. But Levi, Levi, let me ask you a question. You know when. Microsoft bought Bethesda, you know, there was a lot of questions about, oh, hey, you know, what are, you know, what's going to happen to all the Bethesda games that we traditionally play multi-platform? When they say some games are going to be multi-platform and others will be exclusive, what do you think that means? Like, are they counting PC as, like, a multi-platform or and saying, like, some of these games are only going to be Xbox and then others are going to be multi-platform saying, you know, PC and can you really see them putting these Bethesda games on the PlayStation? Me, I think exclusive has gone the way of the dodo bird. There's no such thing as an exclusive game anymore. You know, even I think it was Daryl posted a list of all these PlayStation exclusives from the past ten years, and ninety percent of them were on PC. Yeah, and, they're 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 more timed exclusives now. Yeah, it's it's a t- yeah, like like Yield says, it might be a time thing. Okay, the first six months we've got this game, but uh, true exclusives aren't aren't a thing anymore. I think when we look at exclusives, I think that basically means that you can't play this on a Xbox or, or a Switch. I yeah. think that's what right now what exclusives mean. So, all right, well, man, that was we we went almost forty minutes on on that topic. So this is a, this is a good topic, Levi. Probably the the longest we've talked on a topic of the week in a long time, if not ever. So uh, before we close out here, does anybody have any uh, lingering questions or anything you wanted to add to the discussion? I'm thinking of one. Well, while Yield's thinking, Levi, do you have anything that you want to add or any, any additional questions that popped up? No, I'm uh, pretty good. So, okay. So, I, I kind of got one, and maybe we answered it. So, Game Pass's uh, attraction is its price point and the launch games day one and all that. PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Plus's attraction is the deals that you get on games. The free games is nice, but I mean, you ask anybody who's a Plus member, the real bread and butter of Plus is the deals that you get on games. What would Plus have to do to cut into the attractability of Game Passes? Uh, attraction, if I said that right. Appeal, maybe. You know, because you hear a lot of people talk about Game Pass. So what would Plus have to do to be like, you know, to get that same kind of ooh-ah effect? Two things. They would have to open up to PC, and they would have to roll out day one the, the heavy hitters. Okay. So, I mean, when you say roll out to PC, I'm assuming you mean those games that are released on the PlayStation are released day and date on the PC. 
correct. Like Microsoft does it. See the see I I the only thing I think the problem with that is is from Sony's perspective is most of PC is a Microsoft byproduct. I mean I know you got your your Apple and your and HP, but that's just my thinking is that they see PC in a sense of just an extension of Microsoft. Well, I mean, you know, I'm a big Xbox, you know, Microsoft fan, and I don't own either of the last two Xbox generations. I don't own a Series X, nor do I own an Xbox One. Um, I mean, do you think do you think there PC? are a lot of people out there that own a PC and an Xbox? I figure if you own a PC, you don't really own an Xbox. Why, w- because why so would you? So yeah. Yeah, because you can play everything on your PC. You probably own... My guess would be you probably own a PC or a Switch or a PC and a PlayStation. I don't, my guess. Yeah, I don't know of a single person in the TW group or the Loot Bros group that has a Series X or S and a PC. Uh, yeah. There's there's not. There's none of us. Zero. So... Does it make sense? No, it, it doesn't really, because you can play all the my uh, Xbox games on your PC, right? And that's that's the market that you know obviously Microsoft is going for. If you want to play on a console, that's fine. We'll sell you a console. If you want to play on PC, that's great. Rock and roll. Sign up for the service. You want to play on your phone? Go for it. They they availability they want to open they want to open this thing up to everybody and their brother whether all they can afford is a 150 dollar tablet or they want to go out and build you know the tanner bird of all pcs and drop eight thousand dollars on it you know and have the mac daddy everything boom we we're catering to everybody you i don't know about you levi i could not that i saw them going full head into into streaming but i could kind of see this Oh, so it was two E3s ago. That was the last big conference they had. So I could kind of see this then. You could kind of see their their marketing strategy was changing. And you could, at least me, I could kind of see their momentum going, okay, Sony's doing this. We're going to go do this. And it's going to take us a bit. Ride with us. And then, And then now here we are. And everybody's kind of, I won't say losing their mind, but everybody's kind of looking at Sony going, what? And I, you know, I, I was sitting back at the, like I said, that last E3 going, they're doing something here. And I kind of like it. I like where they're going. Oh, yeah. But I, like I deferred to earlier, I don't want to see anybody just crush anybody else. I, I want to see close races in these console generations. Well, no, because it, it makes the gamers win in that instance. Absolutely. If you have a monopoly that forms all throughout history, there's never been a monopoly that benefited the consumer. Nope. Look what happened to Atari. We we want we want strong competition. Whether you know um, Nintendo has their sector and. Sony has theirs, and maybe it's just Xbox at the end of the day that focuses on the streaming services for the next 20 years. As long as there's competition in some way, shape, or form, we will win. I agree with that. 
All right. Well, uh, I think that's a, a good note to end on. Yield Levi, you guys have any anything else you want to add? I'm good. That's got it. I'm uh, roll on out and go watch the lightning bugs. All right. I used to catch a lot of lightning bugs when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I had my mom had got me a little like uh, it had like wire on both sides, and uh, yeah, I'd go out and catch lightning bugs. I don't see as many lightning bugs even out here in the suburbs these days, but. Uh, we have a lot of them in the mountains. Uh, it's not as much as like when I was a kid, but uh, yeah, they they really like the warm, humid nights. So like tonight at ten o'clock, it's going to be really humid and really warm. So we expect a, a big turnout from our friends, the lightning bugs tonight. Well, Levi, we know all about humidity here in the uh, Ohio River Valley, and I'm sure Yield can second Absolutely. that in the Midwest. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Well, y'all will have to get out and watch the bugs tonight. Oh, I'm sure. Hi, Athena. Are you... I'm sure that I'll have to take the dog out. All right, y'all. Well, there that, you go. That is going to... <laughs> Athena, I... Okay, you're going to leave, you so get I can finish this up. Get him, girl. Go. Get out. Get out. Go. Go. Ugh, dogs. All right, well, that was a very uh, lively discussion. Like I said, probably the longest topic of the week we've had in a long time, if not ever. But yeah, so those are our thoughts. If you guys have anything to share out there in the community, please go to our Facebook page and add to add a thread and uh, start uh, start a conversation. Uh, Levi, thank you for joining us for this little extra segment, and uh, thank you for the Be Legit update. Absolutely. Good chat, guys. All right. Uh, Very good. All right, so we will return to the uh, first <laughs> recording of the show now. And we are back. Uh, nice chatting with Levi, as always. Uh, Yield, sir, I think yes. it's about time that uh, we got out of here. That's going to be it for our news topics as well as our topic of the week. So before we leave for the night, why don't we do what we always do? We show our appreciations to the community and throw out some shout-outs. Let's do it. Sir, why don't you start us off? So I, uh, with it being Father's Day, I will give a shout-out to my dad. Uh he enjoyed his evening or afternoon that we were hanging out. Um, shout out to uh, our little Helldiver squad. Uh, we've gotten together, killed some aliens, had some fun. Uh, shout out to the Balls of Steel knockout group, which is the Brain76 and Nitro. Uh, shout out to Alex for recording tonight. Shout out to you. All the pimps and the madams of the whoredom for playing some games with us when you can, or when we have the opportunity to, uh, listening to the podcast, interacting with us on social media. That's awesome. Uh, oh, I'm probably forgetting somebody somewhere, but that'll do it for the week. All right, and for me, I want to give a list a shout-out, as always, first and foremost to the listeners, the community. Thank you all for your continued support of the show, because at this point, we're not just doing it for ourselves. We don't want to just hear ourselves talk, and to be honest, unless we have to edit, we're not listening to the show after it's released. So uh, we do this for you. We want to give you guys an informative and entertaining show to listen to, so hopefully we're succeeding in that. Uh, the community continues to grow, so I think, I think we're doing a good job. Um, but as always, uh, thank you guys for your continued support, and, and again... You know, reach out to us on all of our socials, primarily Facebook. Um, but yeah, reach out to us with any questions you have, any topics you want covered, because we love hearing from you guys and we, we love the community interaction. So, and of course, you can always join us if you're, you know, 
beyond the podcast, you can join us on twitch.tv slash Proven Gamer on Thursdays for our Rocket League Thursday sessions, usually starting around 7 o'clock. If we don't start exactly at 7 o'clock, rest assured that we will start shortly after that. So give a shout out, uh, as Yield did here on Father's Day, to my dad. Uh, my dad is not going to hear this, so I'll just want to keep it short. But, you know, my dad has done a lot of good things for me. And, um, you know, whether it be summer vacations or just little shreds of advice here and there, I definitely love and appreciate my dad for everything he's always done for me. So I want to give a, a Father's Day shout out to my dad. Uh, last but not least, um, I want to give well, well, before we get into Ashley, uh, give a shout out to Yield for recording me t- with me tonight. Uh, a shout out to Levi for his topic of the week and his update on the Be Legit. And a shout out to, to a happy Father's Day to Tricky, um, who, again, was not joining us this, this week. He's taken the last couple weeks off, but hopefully he'll be back next week. But uh, some more deserved time off for Tricky. Uh, happy Father's Day, sir. He's, he's had a hectic pace lately in life, so uh, he definitely deserves a little bit of time to breathe and, and have a nice Father's Day to himself. Last but not least, I want to give a shout-out to my awesome and loving girlfriend, Ashley, uh, who helped me uh, celebrate Father's Day with my dad yesterday. Uh, again, going on the, the steamboat ride on the Belle of Louisville and then lunch afterwards, walking downtown a little bit. So it was a very nice day. And then today uh, we went out for, for lunch and uh, she bought me lunch. So, you know, even though I don't really consider myself a dad, um, you know, I've got pets, so maybe a pet dad. But I don't really consider myself, myself a dad, even though Ashley has kids. And, you know, we often I'm often referred to as their stepdad, even though we're not you know, officially married yet. But um, give a shout out uh, to Ashley for, you know, always being willing to go the extra mile to make me feel um, or to, you know, to appreciate all the things that I do for her. Cause I definitely appreciate all the things that she does, she does for me. But even if I don't feel like a dad, um, she definitely, you know, treat me like one, uh, not only helping my dad celebrate, but also, you know, giving me a nice lunch today. So uh, I shout out to my awesome girlfriend. Uh, love you, honey. And uh, so that is going to be the end of this week's episode, episode 484. Thank you all for listening as always. And until next week, happy trophy. Later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Even Philippines.